0: Well, hello everyone, and Merry Christmas. I hope this is a fabulous day for you, your family, for those people that you love. You know, angels play a very prominent role in the Christmas story. They seem to show up everywhere and be very involved. The angel Gabriel appeared to the old priest Zechariah in the temple and informed him that his wife, Elizabeth, was going to bear a son who would be the forerunner of the Messiah, and his name would be called John. Some six months later, Gabriel appeared to a virgin in Nazareth named Mary and announced that she would be the the mother of the long-awaited Messiah. And of course, it, it came to pass, just as Gabriel said. Some days later, an angel appeared to Joseph and said, look, don't break off your engagement with Mary because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Angels are everywhere in the Christmas story. And of course, one of our favorite scenes is that night on a Judean hillside when the hillside literally exploded with angelic light And the angel announced these incredible words. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Those incredible words spoken some 2,000 years ago have relevant meaning for you and me today. And I see four things that I wanna mention briefly in that angel's announcement that I think God can use to make a lot of difference in our lives today. First of all, the angel said, fear not. Now, when you think about it, I suppose those shepherds had a lot of things they could have feared. I mean, for starters, They lived under the heel of Rome. They were oppressed. The Romans ruled them with an iron fist. They didn't even have the power to govern themselves. They were allowed to put up a little puppet government. And it was clear to everyone in Judea and Palestine that the Romans really didn't care for them much. They just didn't have a lot going for them. Now, I suppose they could have feared for their own lives, for their own future. And they were watching over their flocks. Why was that? Because predators, wild beasts, thieves, rustlers could come along. And I suppose they were startled at just about every noise through the night. I love the way the King James puts it. It says, when they heard the angels' announcement, they were sore afraid. They had lots of reasons that they could have feared. About a week ago, I was flying on a plane to Washington, D.C., and the last half of that flight was rather turbulent. Oh, it wasn't as bad as I've ever seen, but there was a lot of jostling around, and they didn't even have the service on the plane, the normal service, because there was so much turbulence. And I was watching a guy across the aisle in one row in front of me, and his face, really bad, It was really just turning white. I was afraid he was going to throw up as we were kind of being jostled around. But I noticed, thankfully, he didn't throw up. I noticed at the end of the flight, as we all stood up and stretched, he, he was texting someone, probably his wife, and telling about what a crazy flight it was. It, And and I noticed these words on his text. You would have needed four Xanax just to make it through. There's a lot of things that make it tough in this life to make it through. We fear a lot of things. We're kind of like the little first grader who was given a role in the Christmas pageant at school. And um, he had one line, just one line, and he rehearsed it. It is I, be not afraid. And his mom was excited for him. This was his big moment in this pageant, and she helped him rehearse it over and over. It is I, be not afraid. It is I, be not afraid. He went over it again and again. But when the night came for the pageant, he stepped out on that massive stage with hundreds of faces in front of him, and the lights kind of hit him and blinded him, and he went totally blank. Couldn't remember his line. After a few awkward moments, he finally blurted out, it's me, and I'm scared to death. Let me ask you something. What are you afraid of this Christmas? Terrorism at home, war in the Middle East, hostility between neighbors, family relationships going awry, financial disaster, economic collapse, maybe you're afraid of being lonely this Christmas. Dr. Rollo May, the eminent psychiatrist at the Mayo Clinic, said that anxiety is the official emotion of our age. And I think he's right. Whatever you may be afraid of this year, Christmas is good news. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And I pray that you'd be able to say this season, like the psalmist, God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, we will not fear. Friend, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And the good news of Christmas is Jesus came not only to save us from our sins, hear me today, he came to save us from our fears. And I pray that God would flood your soul with peace, not fear. But you know, that angel's message is even richer than that, the angel said, fear not because I bring you good news. (laughs) I don't know how your Christmas season has been going, but funny thing, everywhere I turn, have you noticed there's a lot of bad news? An accident on the thruway, a murder in the city, Uh, international turmoil going on, people fearful about the future of America. There's a lot of anger between people and groups. There's a lot of bad news out there. And you know what? I'll bet when those shepherds heard that a baby had been born, I'll bet they shrugged their shoulders and said, what's so good about that? I mean, it's going to take that kid a long time to grow up. What's good about the good news? And maybe you're kind of the same way this Christmas. You may be thinking, well, Pastor, if Christmas is really good news, why doesn't God heal me right now? If Christmas is really so great, why why doesn't God take away my pain? If it's really this big deal and it's so wonderful... And good, why doesn't God kind of put my family back together, you know? Because it's been broken apart. Why doesn't God fix my marriage? Why doesn't God fix my finances? Can I tell you something? We do serve a miracle-working God. Praise be to God. I've seen it. I've experienced miraculous things from God. I know that God does that. But can I tell you what I've also learned through many years now of following Christ? God usually isn't into the quick fix business. Can I tell you? He usually says to you and me, look, I want to help you. I love you so much, but I want you to get involved. And see, that usually is a process and it usually takes time. He invites us. He calls us to cooperate with Him. And whatever you're experiencing this Christmas, I want you to know that that angel's news is as good as ever because the good news says that God loves you and nothing can separate you from His love. Oh, I hope God will make those words ring in your heart this Christmas. The angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Now there's a third part that we ought to listen to. Can I tell you the most ironic thing I know about the Christmas season? There's all these lights and celebrations, all these songs where we sing. It's supposed to be this exuberant time, just a marvelous celebration. But here's the ironic thing. The truth is, Christmas is the most depressing time of year for millions and millions of people. Suicides increase, alcoholism and drug abuse is on the rise, family turmoil escalates, and as I already mentioned, personal loneliness is at an all-time high around the Christmas season. Isn't it strange? A time that's supposed to be marked by joy is marked by such a vacuous emptiness in the lives of so many people. What about you? What would you say your joy quotient is this Christmas? Can I tell you something I've learned about joy? Jesus said, I tell you these things so that my joy may be in you. And so that your joy may be full. That's what he wants for you and me. But here's what I've learned. That often the level of our joy hinges on a couple of very important things. One is what is our hope for the future? And I just want to be blunt with you. If your hope for the future is somehow hanging tenuously on the stock market or on the future of how nations go, or even of relationships. If that's where your future lies, on these merely human things, I'll tell you, you have a right to be concerned and your joy is very, very delicate indeed. The Bible says that the Christian's joy comes from our hope we have in Jesus Christ. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says it's an anchor. Isn't that a powerful word? It's an anchor for our soul, a hope that will never fade or go away. That's the hope we have in Christ. So what is your hope for the future? But I've also learned that another huge factor when it it comes to joy is our attitude. The longer I live, the more important I'm convinced that our daily attitude is in determining our destiny and certainly in determining how we feel about it day by day. You know, you can choose your attitude today. Can I tell you something? Your Christmas day, I don't know how it's going. I hope it's awesome. But whatever your circumstances, you can make a choice this day of what your attitude is going to be in the midst of those circumstances. And here's what I know as a Jesus follower, that whatever I'm going through today, wow, this is good. (laughs) Whatever I'm going through, God is bringing about the best for me, and he's bringing about glory and honor for himself. Wow. That is reason to rejoice. I love the angel's words. It must have echoed through that Judean night, and the shepherds must have thought about those words over and over again. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. But here's my final word for you on this Christmas day. The angel said this good news of great joy was going to be for all the people. It's not just for the rich. It's for the poor. It's not just for the young. It's for the old. It's not just for the whites or the blacks or the Asians or the Hispanics. The angel said, what God's got in mind here for you, it's for everybody. Nobody is left out. I get a kick out of the fact that the gospel was first announced, this good news was first announced to lowly shepherds. Do you know what that's the equivalent of? Being a shepherd was one of the the most despised occupations in the world at that time. In fact, uh, years earlier, When Joseph was talking to his brothers back in Egypt, he said, look, when you go talk to Pharaoh, please, please, don't tell Pharaoh that you're shepherds because shepherding is a despised occupation. And you know what? Times had not changed for shepherds. It was still one of the most lowly, despised occupations. It would be perhaps the equivalent of scrubbing dirty floors at McDonald's or something, or digging ditches. And yet God came to lowly shepherds. What a statement. But then we read that sometime later, wise men came. They were not down and outers like the shepherds. They were up and outers. Friend, they were wealthy. And they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Very expensive gifts. You know what that says to me? The gospel today is... For everyone who has ears to hear. And as I wrap up today, can I just ask you, is that you? Are you a person who has a heart, a mind, a spirit that's open to God? Wow, I hope so. Because that means that Christmas is good news for you. The angel's words are incredible. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. Friend, I hope this is the greatest Christmas you've ever experienced. And with God in your life, with Jesus as your Lord, your hope is unquenchable. God bless you.